Thank you, Brenda. The 23rd Psalm, Psalm chapter 23. For the last couple of months, we've explored the Gospel of John, New Testament. We spent two months over in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, specifically looking at the I am statements of Jesus Christ. And of course, each of the I am statements of Jesus Christ tells us of a attribute of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Quite interestingly, the 23rd Psalm mentions these attributes of the person and work of Jesus, and they were written a thousand years earlier than when Jesus was on the earth. This Psalm, I think we can agree, comforts our hearts in any situation. But if you look close, this psalm also confronts our hearts. It challenges us. And that's what we want to look at is the comfort and the challenges from the 23rd Psalm, specifically looking back on the I Am statements of Jesus Christ. Psalm chapter 23, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word that tells us about Jesus, the New Testament and the Old, filled with messages about Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we ask as you present him to us, we would see him as he is, see ourselves as we are. And Father, if there's anyone here that has a need for a touch from your hand, we ask that that touch would be felt. We would get our lives back in step with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The comforting aspects of the Lord are mentioned in this psalm, and we might look at this and say, well, we know that there is one of the I am statements that's covered in this psalm. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And he said that two or three times in the book of John chapter 10. And of course, when we see David saying, the Lord is my shepherd, you say, aha, that pegs one of the I am statements. Oh, there's several more in this psalm as we look at the comforting attributes of the Lord that he mentioned as he was going into his I am statement. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The psalm opens with fulfillment in the Lord. Now, this does not mean that every selfish whim is granted, and it does not mean that every time we want or desire something that will get it. What it does mean 
as the inner heart is fulfilled. The inner heart, the inner soul is fulfilled that we don't yearn after all these other things that can't fulfill us. We don't have that nagging dissatisfaction in our life. And we know it's there. We know it's there that the common things that people yearn for will not fulfill. Sometimes people say, if I just didn't have these financial problems, I'd be happy. And that's, that's the, the thing that nags them. Well, we all know of folks who are financially well off enough for thousands of people, millionaires. A lot of these are in front and center of the cameras and microphones that we see in popular culture. And we also know and we'll hear of these people overdosing on drugs. And some of their friends would say they were constantly miserable. They were constantly unhappy. They were constantly searching. And you're thinking, what? They had millions of dollars. How could they be unhappy? If I only had one million dollars, that's all I want, Lord, just one million, then I'll be happy. But you see, there's a nagging dissatisfaction that money and fame and popularity and all these other things that seem to be appealing to popular culture. And what David is saying is, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't have this nagging dissatisfaction and yearning in my life. I shall not want. Of course, how he does this, first of all, is adequate provision. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now we understand that he's talking about a shepherd and the sheep. And we talk about green pastures. Green grass means something different to me. Green grass to me means mowing and weeding. That's what it means to me. But to a sheep, green grass meant food. Green grass meant plenty. And we talk about the, the green grass we understand. Didn't Jesus say, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me will never hunger. And of course, he was talking about, again, that spiritual hunger. But he covered that as well. You remember the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, where he talked about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And he said, don't worry about the things that you'll eat or the things that you'll wear or where your next paycheck is coming from. Don't worry about these. He said, your father knows what you need before you know what you need. And so when he was talking about fulfillment, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. The green pastures, of course, meant hunger is satisfied. Needs are satisfied from the hand of the shepherd. Oh, but there's something else here that's mentioned in this verse. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, this is crucial because we're talking about sheep. And you see, the idea is for sheep to thrive, they have to be able to eat and then lie down and ruminate or digest what they've eaten. That's what they do. If they're full, they'll lie down and this will take place and they'll thrive and flourish. Oh, but there's something else here. Sheep will not lie down until they're perfectly calm and feel perfectly safe. They will not lie down if something is causing them fear and unrest. So this passage of scripture 
not only means plenty, but it also means, watch this, peace. And peace is something that many people don't experience. Peace is something that circumstances and people and just life in general, they have no peace. Peace is something you won't have apart from Jesus Christ. Because in order to experience the peace of God, we need to make peace with God. But Jesus said it this way. John chapter 14, verse 27. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled. My peace I leave with you. He leaves me beside the still water. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 4 when he was talking to the woman at the well? He says, I'm the Messiah, and if you'll come to me, I'll give you living water. I'll give you living water. And if you drink this water, you'll get thirsty again. It'll be okay for a while, but you'll get thirsty again. He pointed at the well. Oh, but you drink the water that I give you, you'll never thirst. You'll never thirst. So that's what we call soul satisfaction. It all comes back to it follows up and pretty well gives us the details of the first statement. I shall not want. He gives me my needs. He gives me peace. He gives me soul satisfaction. Then here's another interesting thing, a detail in verse 3. He restores my soul. Now the word restore means to bring back to health or to put back together. You see, this word here brings about the reality of life. The obvious reality of life is that life deals out some pain sometimes. Life deals out some disappointment sometimes. Life deals out some heartbreak sometimes. And you see... That's just the nature of the life we live down here, unfortunately. Even Jesus said it this way. In this world, you're going to have some trouble. But he said, don't, don't fear, I've overcome the world. And you see this restoring my soul, it's the idea of a shepherd restoring a sheep that has become cast. And what happens, they just roll over on their back and they can't get back up. And the shepherd helps them on their feet again. But there's another idea of restoration here. It says, he anoints my head with oil. We think, of course, that being anointed with oil is some sort of ceremony. But you have to go back to what the psalm's talking about. It's talking about sheep. And the shepherd we carry in his bag oil because... Inevitably, sheep would wander into the briars and the thickets and get scratched up, get banged up and bruised. And in his bag was the oil that was medicine. And the picture is the shepherd going to that sheep, spending time with the sheep and putting medicine on what hurt. We need that. Because from time to time, something hurts, doesn't it? Puts medicine on what hurts. Now, sometimes we might think, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm, I'm not really hurting right now. Oh, but it gets a little bit better than that. You see, from time to time, 
there's a season that's known as fly season. And pesty flies would get all around the face of these sheep. They can't sit down. They can't lay down. They can't be at peace. They can't settle down because all this is just bugging them. Now, it's not necessarily life-threatening, but it's just bugging them. Oh, but the shepherd comes, and the shepherd has things he puts in this oil, and he puts it on the face of that sheep, and now all the things that were bugging the sheep before is not bugging the sheep now. Just little pesty things. Little pesty things. Does that happen to you? Happen to you at work? Happen to you at home? Sure it does. Sometimes we lose our patience with little pesty things. It all mounts up. And, of course, the shepherd gives us what we need. Oh, there's something else here. In a particular time of the year, the ram's in the flock, and sometimes that happens just anyway. With any group of any creatures, you have somebody that wants to be the boss. Sometimes you have too many, pe- too many people and too many animals want to be the boss. So what happens in the flock of sheep, even under the shepherd's care, is those that want to be the boss are always butting heads. And you know what the shepherd does? The shepherd puts grease on the horns of those big old rams, and they start pushing each other around. They just slip off to the side. And you see, the shepherd takes care of the fact where we have to butt heads with somebody or somebody's constantly butting heads with us. And you see, a lot of times, that's what causes us not to be settled is is constant confrontation with, with others. I mean, if people would just think like I do, the world would be a lot better shape. There's a lady at home one time, and she started worrying about her husband. He was on his way home from work, and she was sitting at home, and she saw a news broadcast. And the news broadcast said something about a car going the wrong way on the interstate that he was supposed to be on. She picks up the phone. She calls him. She says, honey, you better be careful. There is a car, some idiots, going the wrong way up the interstate. He said, oh, honey, it's worse than that. Everybody's going the wrong way. Maybe it's not everybody else. But you see, the master can come, the good shepherd. He comes and puts what's needed so we can be at peace with the little pesky things of life. The scratches, scrapes, and bruises, it all happens to us. Even sometimes when there's confrontation between us and other folks. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What did Jesus say? I am the way. I'm the way. That's the path of righteousness. And if you'll just look to me, I am the way. I am the way to live. I am the way to love each other. I am the way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Constant companionship. The shepherd promises that. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And you know what Jesus said when he said, I am the good shepherd? The good shepherd said this in chapter 10, verse 28 of the book of John. I am the good shepherd, and I'll lay down my life for my sheep. And they'll never perish. Watch this. 
Nobody's taken them out of my hand. Constant companionship. Matthew himself had an I am statement or an I will statement. The last statement that he records Jesus saying is this. I am with you always, even to the end of the world. His I am statement is I am with you always. We need that. He follows up, of course, with a forever home. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You believe in God, you believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In my Father's house is plenty of room. David said it this way. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see how the I am statements that Jesus mentioned are all covered here. Now we look at this and say, man, that's a lot of comfort. But the comfort's not where we leave it. There's a confrontation here. We, we're confronted and we're challenged here. You see, the specific grammar is very important. When David begins to give the details of the statement he made, I shall not want, he starts with this. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, there's an implication here, but we have to understand if there's somebody doing some leading and leading has taken place, what else has to be taking place? Following. Following. All of these attributes and blessings can be fully experienced only when we follow Jesus. Because if the shepherd takes off walking and the sheep stay here, Everything the shepherd goes to, the green pastures, the still waters, everything the shepherd goes to is not experienced by the sheep. Sheep are staying right here. So when we look at this passage of Scripture and say, I need that. I need fulfillment. I'm not satisfied. I need a, the anointing. I'm hurting. How do we fully realize that? Follow the leadership of the shepherd. And only when we follow the leadership of the shepherd can we fully experience the fellowship with the shepherd and all that goes along with it. Oh, but there's something else here. This is where we've been challenged in the last two months looking at the I am statements. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He didn't just recite what he may have heard or that the Lord is the shepherd, the Lord is the good shepherd, the Lord's the best shepherd. No, he said the Lord is my shepherd, and that makes all the difference in the world. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. Is he my Messiah? I am the water of life. Is, is he my water of life? I am the bread of life. Is it mine? 
I'm the light of the world. Do I experience that? I'm the good shepherd. Can I say with David, the Lord is my shepherd? How's that happen? We make a decision to make the Lord my shepherd. And even the first word is important, the Lord. In your Bible, you notice that is in all capitals. That is the word that is reserved for the Messiah, the Lord, the relationship God, the God of our relationships with him, the Lord. So, the book of John, Jesus said, I am. Every single one of us will say in our hearts, one way or another, Jesus is. Jesus said, I am the Messiah. And I will say in my heart, Jesus is. And I will answer that question one way or another. I'll just say Jesus is somebody I ignored. Jesus is somebody I said no to. Or I can say Jesus is my shepherd. You see, we'll all answer the question, Jesus is, but you fill in the blank. Jesus said, I am. And he listed all those attributes that he wants to be in our life. Jesus said it this way in the book of John. I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. Jesus said, I am the shepherd. The 23rd Psalm says, here's the kind of shepherd he wants to be. Are we following the leadership of the shepherd? Are you hurting? Something you need to talk to Jesus about? Some bumps and bruises, some irritations. Maybe you're here and you have to say, I'm not following Jesus. He wants you to experience everything we've talked about. Jesus said, and we've looked at this for the last two months, I am. Now it's up to us to say he is and answer that question. Fill in the blank. As we stand and sing. Number 107.